if you're a rich baby, you better watch out because you are on a list and hackers are going to go after you. Uh, it took me 31 years, but I am the sober one in the room. This is uh, this, <laughs> that's a watershed moment for me. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover the top five most interesting data breaches from this last week and one of our favorite bourbons. I'm Steve. Howdy, I am Shu. Mickey. What happened this week? Feds say man broke into public water system and shut down safety processes. Um, but we touched on why it is a bad idea to let these types of uh, uh, jobs be done remote and to be online on the internet. What do you guys have to say that saying that this is going to probably happen more than once? This is a classic insider threat where a pissed off employee um, tried to hurt the uh, utility, but also poison a lot of people. So that's pretty scary. Yeah, I, I don't know if these... Um... I guess the the target is the same on this and the last case, but I wouldn't say that these two are the same. Uh, I, I don't think we still know who was responsible for the first story, but we know who was responsible for the second story here. And we know that he did it. And uh, why? Don't know. Probably mental Ill illness. But uh, yeah. Um, but overall, there are a lot of fails here, uh, whether he was supposed to have access or he had access in the past and was a former employee. I don't think that was very clear. Um, but uh, yeah, there were a lot of steps that could have been taken to prevent this. But uh, overall, he was an in insider here. That's, that's what we definitely know. Yeah, insider threats are so hard because it's supposed to be someone you're trusting. I think you absolutely have to consider minimal access for every employee. Um, and then I, I think that a, a good standard that everyone should follow is the thing that makes water not poisonous. Let's keep that offline. Let, let's not make that smart. Let's not make that access accessible to the internet. Let's keep it offline. I'm okay with that. Like if there's a poison, not poison lever inside the building at least only people inside the building can make it poison yeah it's going to cost more for you to have someone drive out to the poison not poison button but in the grand scheme of things it's worth it make them drive out put them in a little company prius make them drive out to push that button if necessary and and maybe not even have like a poison option Maybe you can have like a, a hardware solution where you just can't poison water. Um, I think there's a lot of good best steps we, we could follow. Uh, moral of the story, um, not everything needs to be connected to the internet. Not everything needs to be accessible to 7 billion people worldwide, even if it is an insider threat in this case. Off the top of your head, is there any other... Uh, similar industries or jobs or processes that that you could think of that should follow these same guidelines we're talking about right now to where it shouldn't be on the internet and I, I think the question should be what should be on the internet right smaller list I, I think I think the minimal access to the internet is is a great thing um yeah defense uh uh, nukes 
I think the nukes should not be on the internet. Um, I'm going to go with um, diagnostic imaging, right? If you're taking photos of people naked for medical purposes, like let's not, let's not put that on the internet. Um, there's a lot of things that should not ever be on the internet. So uh, yeah, I, I think that you should go through a process that says, should this be on the internet? The default answer should be no. And then justify it from there. Yeah. Topic number two we'll be covering is a story that Shu shared with us a couple of days ago, and it is massive security breach at U.S. universities. So they were not leaked. Ransomware got in. And, right. and that site that you just showed is very misleading. So this was not uh, data being exposed. This was CLOP. So CLOP broke in to a very common uh, university third party and they uh, got access to a bunch of data and they have slowly been releasing that data. We see something new from CLOP uh, almost every day this week. Um, so point of clarification is this is not whoops-a-daisy, your data is out there now, this is CLOP. And so we're expecting more information to be rolling out? Way more, yeah. I, I was on CLOP today and uh, they've been posting one new university a day or one, one new business slash university a day. And, and you go, you can see full details. So security numbers, names, addresses, names and addresses of parents, financial details. They're, 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 they're slow playing this, but they're going to be in the news for a very long time. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I checked into this, I don't, um, the, at least the UC system, University of California system has acknowledged this happened. They're blaming Excelion, uh, which is some sort of third party um, file transfer service. Um, so we have a third party risk there. And apparently a lot of universities use this. So, and as of earlier today, the universities have not paid. So yeah, I think we're gonna keep seeing this, uh, this, this drop here. Even if they do pay, is, is Excelion gonna pay? And, and seeing this data, it's scary. I, full passports, full driver's license. Uh, the victims here are in full color, right? Um, the, this is a very scary breach for people that may not currently know they've, they've been breached. You know, if you've applied to a university within the last 12 to 18 months, like you should be very concerned about this. Uh, this could be like full on the first generation to have every piece of them on online, simply because like, if they're gonna be between, you know, 17, 19, there's a good chance around TikTok or Instagram or social media. Like it's just a natural thing that they've been accustomed with for the past five years-ish. So they, they have uh, online presence, their faces, video, and then their their information that is, you know, it used to just be like on a really old little social security card. Now it's like plastered everywhere. What kind of feature do you see uh, 
you know, that, that we're heading into with all of this combined. Like a really bad one, like a really bad future. That's, that's why hack notice exists is because we're, we're all headed to a horrible, horrible future. It, it's, um, it's terrible. Everything's terrible. But everything, everything is horrible. No, like you think of all the parents that post baby photos, like when the baby's born. Okay. So you've just told me uh, name, first and last name, date of birth, right? Hospital of birth, county, Gender. city, state. Uh, you've told me everything to steal an identity, right? So um, there's these unwitting parents that are just nonchalantly posting everything, even posting like birthing photos. No one, no one wants to see that, but they're posting everything to be able to steal a, an identity. And the only, the only silver lining in all of this is that this has been going on for so long Hackers have so much data to go through, they're just overwhelmed. There's too many identities to steal, right? So they'll get to you eventually, but they're gonna start with like the high net worth individuals, right? So if you're a rich baby, you better watch out because you are on a list and hackers are gonna go after you. Yeah, I always say I would love to be a trust fund baby when I grow up, but this is the downside of that. Don't be a trust fund baby. The crazy thing is no one's immune to this. I think later we're going to talk about Facebook, but Zuckerberg's cell phone got leaked as part of the recent Facebook leak um, or recently in the news like it was a year and a half ago, but I guess the news take, needs a little while to catch up. Um, so Zuckerberg's cell phone was, was stolen as part of that. But uh, if you are a high net worth individual, there's no better internet for you, right? That's the crazy thing. You could be worth a billion dollars and you're still reusing passwords like everyone else, right? So you, you got to think uh, if you are high net worth, you're high risk, and then you have all this data being stolen, like guaranteed your identity is being stolen almost every other uh, year. What's... um. Shifting gears just a little bit on this, uh, this was Acceleron is basically a third party service that does large scale um, transfers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many, actually not too many, but in all of the enterprise companies that I've been with, large scale file transfers, doing it securely has been a big issue. Mm. And every time in every company they overthink it and they're always looking for some company to outsource this to whether it's box it's dropbox acceleron or any of the, there's dozens of third party companies that promise that we can do this securely and what happens every time is that there's something like this or you don't get full compliance you need to solve this issue. It's not a hard problem to solve. You just should not punt the issue to a third party and say, let them take care of it. Let them take care of the security and not think about it. I, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. There's um, almost always when you're dealing with security and you don't know how to do it secure, have someone else do it, right? 
like you hear all the time about people rolling their own authentication service and they just suck at it. Um, so I think the natural reaction is I'm going to be bad at this. Let me hire someone else that's going to be good at this. Is That's a good direction. They just pick their own partner. Yeah. Um, I, I think at this point, uh, we do massive file transfers all the time. And there's a number of services that you can use to securely do it. You, you, can, we, you can use Amazon, you can use S3. Uh, you have to be very careful about your permissions, but once you've got a good permission system, you're fine. Um, and I'm just gonna throw it out there, you can use Mega. Uh, you know, Kim.com got a bad rap, but he made a good service. Mega, the file transfer for hackers. I, I agree with you in that aspect, but still, you should know something about security before you trust another company. I you can't just say like, but is that reasonable? Here, here's like, everything here. Just do it for me. You need to know a little bit about something no, in order for this to do this. If you don't understand security, hire someone who does. And, you should, you should, should learn be, a little bit about security is what that, I'm saying. That should be an, an MSP or an MSSP. You, you should know a little bit, just go to Udemy and take a $15 course, learn a little bit about security. What if, but what if that's security hubris? What if they, what if they believe they know security and so they start taking risks? I, I think if, if you don't understand security, you need to sign up for security services and then you need to trust someone who does. That's the big gap there, the trust someone who does here. I mean, MSSPs or MSPs exist for a reason. Bourbon break. All right. Let's do a bourbon break. Uh, today, we are drinking Angel's Envy. I've already been drinking it. It is quite delicious. Uh, we're not drinking standard Angel's Envy. We're drinking Angel's Envy with a port wine finish. So we're having a fancy bourbon break today. Um, Angel's Envy is an interesting bourbon. Chu, what do you think about Angel's Envy? Um, I don't have a bottle of Angel's Envy in my house. And let's just leave it at that. It's a no sad, sad state. Ever of... in my house. Wow. That's, yeah. You should fix that. You should get a few bottles. No. You know what? No. No. I don't think I will. So Angel's Envy, surprisingly, is distilled uh, by Louisville Distillation Company, a sub-brand of Bacardi. So it's a Bacardi brand. Um, what's interesting is that they started off, I guess they were one of the first ones to, to do uh barrel finishes so like you make a bourbon and then you finish it in special barrels to get a unique taste at the end um looks like that they're having a, a good time you know giving you some cocktail recipes was that wes anderson a picture of wes anderson there uh yeah. yes that is wes anderson oh wes henderson that's not wes anderson oh right no wes henderson who's the grandson See, you learn things when you drink Angel's Envy. He's the grandson of Lincoln Henderson. I would like to see a movie these by are, Wes Henderson. Let's these see are bourbon facts, baby. Bourbon facts. 
So you can even see the exact bottle um, and uh, batch number, batch number 82R bottle 9,243 that I am drinking. If you are also with 82R, like, subscribe, and comment on this video. I, I don't know what uh, Shu is complaining about. Uh, obviously, I don't have a glass in front of me, but this is one of the few times that I would not roll my eyes at a uh, tasting notes. I love Angel's Envy. It's like the, the Goldilocks bourbon, as far as I'm concerned. It's got perfect spice. It's got perfect vanilla. It's got a medium finish. It's just medium well, everything. And this is this is uh, the port barrel finish. So I'm getting a lot of port barrel in my mouth. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoy it. I'm very happy for you too. A little bit about you sound Louisville happy. Distillation Company. It is in the heart of downtown Louisville. Uh, we can see some nice photos. You know, clearly they did some charred oak for this finish. Uh, looks like a good time. Hey, Shu, you've been to Louisville. Did you stop by Angel's Envy? I did not, Steve. Um, but we had our friends at uh, Breaking Bourbon do a review of this. Uh, obviously, Bacardi, they have uh, a surprisingly high amount of rye. We've got some malted barley in the mash bill. Um, and they were also not terribly big fans. I think it got uh, two and a half barrels. So they note pretty much light oak vanilla and maybe a little bit of berry jam, right? That's all that they note. I'm noting, I get a little bit of berryness, but, but it, it does, it's more of a wine smell, a port, port wine. Definitely got some oak, some vanilla. Um, it goes down smooth. I like it. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, the port finish is not my favorite. Uh, I've had other port finishes before. Um, and I don't particularly like them. I think I might like the regular Angel's Envy a little bit more because I do like a, a nice vanilla uh, bourbon. So I'm going to give this uh, six and a half breaches out of 10, um, which beats uh, obviously two and a half barrels out of five. That's significant. And that, Nikki, has been your bourbon break. Back to you. We spoke on it earlier today. We've spoken on it in previous episodes multiple times over and over again, it seems. Um, but here's the headline. Personal data of 500 million users surfaces and leaked that Facebook calls old. What do you guys have to say about this story here at hand besides the lizard people? One, it's not a data leakage. It's like a permissions issue where Facebook allowed for scraping or someone figured out a way to get around scraping controls, right? So it's a use policy violation at best. That being said, this is old. We had this in hack notice um, like January, no, July of 2019. So this is old, like old, old, like pre-pandemic and the world ending old. Um, and, and the only reason this is hitting the news, right, 
uh, is someone released a slightly bigger quantity of the Facebook scrape data and different media outlets happen to get their hands on it. Like, have I been pwned, right? So we've had this data forever and uh, we obviously have all of this new data. Um, and it, yeah, it's concerning. Like you can use it for phishing campaigns. It's a lot of great PII, you can get first name, last name. A lot of it does not have email addresses. So it's gonna be hard for hackers to use email addresses to correlate it with other data. Um, but you can still do phishing campaigns. Yeah, it's got phone numbers. Uh, the rumor is it's got Zuckerberg's phone number. Um, so I just have to call 500 million phone numbers and then I'll eventually reach my buddy Zuck. Um, but yeah, it's, it's old. If you use Facebook, you should assume lots of people are trafficking your data anyway. And this is just a part of that. I don't think that's inaccurate. But also it, it shows the same kind of callousness that the company has showed towards its user data before and, I'm, and is, is now infamous for. So I don't think they're doing it themselves any favors image-wise. Yeah. yeah, very um, funny story um, on our Slack when we brought this up to Miguel. Uh, Miguel, drive safely today. Um, he was genu genuinely confused um, because it, I think he said, you know, every few months we get some Facebook data. So um i would actually believe facebook this time saying that it's it's old um i would expect that it's not just 2019 data that some enterprising hacker collected data from previous data leaks consolidated into this huge 500 million dollar or 500 million record release so um i think the moral of the story is once you once data is leaked out there, it's out there and it will never go away. That's an, that's an excellent point. Cause we have to harp on that all the time because I think there's folks that are even security folks. They're not in the general public that don't understand how this data uh, is being repurposed over multiple leaks. Like someone will, someone will breach some sales database and they'll grab a hundred million names to work emails to past work emails, and then start to connect them with passwords that were leaked ages ago, which then start to connect it with home addresses and phone numbers. And, you know, especially if you don't change those passwords or you haven't changed address or phone number, it's just, a, it's a huge phishing and account takeover database that's been collated over multiple leaks. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people miss is that it's not any one individual leak. It's about the dimension of what people know about you. Facebook data is great because it adds a new dimension. If I already know your first name, last name, email address, job title, home address, I, I have a lot of good data. But if you add in Facebook data, I've got your gender, I've got your city, state, I've got you know potentially your preferences for various things. So you know whether I'm committing fraud or building a phishing attack. Um, diversity in data is a very good thing for committing crimes. And uh, even though this does not have passwords, right, it still adds in a lot of diverse data. Um, there's hackers that are just amassing all of this and they're aggregating it and they're uh, building correlations. And there's hackers that have entire profiles. There's even state groups. We've talked about China before. 
that build entire profiles on individuals. And here's 500 million Facebook users that are now in China's database. There was a scientific paper released a while ago, actually not a while ago, I think just a couple of years ago that said you can identify some someone with like extraordinarily accuracy with uh, name, full name, zip code and date of birth. Out of all three, names change, um, zip code changes a lot, date of birth usually does not change. And that is why Xu Chao gives a fake date of birth for pretty much everything, so. Topic number four we'll be covering comes from the bite. Hackers are stealing sex vids from home security systems and selling them. One gross. Why are the cameras in the bedroom? Uh, yeah, don't put cameras in your bedroom. And I mean, look, uh, bad person, don't do that. Bad company, don't don't allow for that. Um, be aware of insider threats, and then don't put cameras in your bedroom. Just don't do it. So, look where your camera was manufactured. Assume it has a back door. Assume that the network techs that are helping you that run, maybe let's call it the second backdoor on your camera, have access to it. And if you have to put it in the bedroom, maybe point it towards the door. Two immediate things came to mind when I was when I was reading this. First of all, there's the attack vector of if you don't change your password, these default passwords are published everywhere on the, on the internet. So the attacker can just try any of these and get into your camera. Most likely they'll have a success. Also, a lot of these cameras have some sort of cloud service where it uploads your video. So you can either, so the attacker can either go into your camera directly or go into this cloud service and attack them and get bajillions of videos. Um, so yeah, A, change your default password and B, um, really as it, commune, as it sounds, don't use a cloud service for this type of stuff. I have cameras that only point out mm -hmm. to the perimeter, not in. And they only record to a local recording device. This happened with Ring, even with Ring. Oh, Ring is notorious for sharing your data. Um, you no, don't even have to. Someone figured out a way to steal all, all your Ring videos. I mean, yeah, yeah, Ring. Um, Ring gives people access to your to your videos. Ring doesn't care if someone breaks in to get your videos. Um, there's a lot of security issues with Ring. Last topic we'll be covering today comes from Hacker News. Hackers set up a fake cybersecurity firm to target security experts. Uh, a, North, a North Korean government-backed campaign targeting cybersecurity researchers with malware has reemerged with new tactics in their arsenal as a part of a fresh social engineering attack. What was the nature of the attack? Um, to pose as a, a kind of like a, a security software, and I guess just send a bunch of marketing material to people that were looking for um solutions to not get hacked and then unfortunately they would install malware onto their devices 
I mean, this has been going on for a long time to collect data, not to install malware, but uh, there's fake security researchers on LinkedIn that have been adding lots of people. Um, this oh, is a known thing. Like, right, they'll pick like some random hot models photo and say that they're, you know, an aspiring security researcher and then go and hit up every Joe Schmo on LinkedIn and an ungodly number of people accept the connection. Um, I, I don't think this is uh There's a lot of bots on social media. Um, and this is a very well-known tactic uh, to make fake accounts. Um, Facebook had some ungodly number. I think they said something like 30% of all of Facebook was bots. 30% might be a little high, but it was in the double digits. And it's crazy to think how many bots there are. Um, and on LinkedIn, you have to be very careful. Um, I'm friends with lots of people on LinkedIn that I've never met in person. And so who knows who, who they really are. Do you think there's entire bot conversations where the bots are talking to other bots? 100, 100%, because that's how they validate stuff that they circulate with social proof. It's with other bots, right? What's the number one thing that you would look for on LinkedIn to see if someone is a bot or not? It's a written recommendation. Unless 10 bots have all given each other written recommendations and it looks like they received three and given seven. And then it's playing into the ways that we evaluate social proof. I was thinking about what if one bot company made a bot and then a different bot company made a bot and they became friends. They're bot the friends. That's a Pixar story. <laughs> <laughs> two, two AIs, two budding AIs becoming friends. John Landis presents Bleep Blorp. One interesting aspect about the story was that the the goal of this of these bots was basically to make victims click on a link, and uh, if you think that just merely clicking on a link is is not sufficient, it, it absolutely is sufficient. There are hacking contests. I, I believe Pondone is this where they uh, the goal is have the victim click on a link, and that's it. And you can absolutely get um, malware installed on, on your local machine just by clicking on a link. And be this like, has been an episode <laughs> of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you liked what you saw today, you're a weird one. Yeah, uh, the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, like, subscribe, and comment, no matter what your opinion is. Uh, if you have a bourbon or a breach you'd like us to cover, you can email us at contact at hacknotice.com. Until next time.